Hey there, and welcome to High Vibe In It. I'm Lindsay Robinson, hypnotherapist and success mindset expert. And I'm Kelsey Aida, inspirational author and blogger slash manifesting expert. And we're best friends who are inspired to create a self-development podcast with a spiritual twist. To us, living a high vibe life is all about creating with intention, prioritizing how you feel, and making empowered choices that support your highest potential. Every week, we're here to help you learn how to live a more aligned, inspired life, start owning your power, and manifest the life of your dreams. Visit highvibeinit.com to connect with us on social media and learn about more ways we can help. And don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. Now, we have a ton of value to offer you today, so let's dive in. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for being here, listening to our show. This is Kelsey Aida. I am one of your co-hosts. I'm also here with my bestie, Lindsay Robinson. She's a therapist and a mom and an awesome human. And today we have joining us Miss Haley Lott, and she is a peak performance meditation teacher and a self-love savage. <laughs> I just love her title, so I had to say it all fancy like you have to. But thanks for being here, Haley. Of course. I'm so, so excited to talk to both of you guys. I love what you guys are doing, so it's great to connect in this way. Yeah, we're just all about helping people to live their best life and feel really empowered and raise their vibration. Um, So that's why we wanted to have you on. And we would love to talk about meditation and breath work because we really haven't dove that deep into that topic on our show because I think it's just kind of like a given that everyone should be doing it. But I think (laughs) we haven't really broken down like what's the easiest way to get started and what are some tips and tricks and yada, yada, yada. So before we dive into that, why don't you just tell everyone a little bit about yourself and how you help people specifically and like kind of how you got started in this line of work. Totally. So I think of myself, yes, as a self-love savage and also a peak performance meditation teacher. I feel like that's more of like the trade of what I do. And I got into it because my mom forced our family to do meditation yoga when we were kids. And at the time, I really didn't like it because I just couldn't sit still. And now, obviously, I'm so, so grateful for her to introduce that to me at such a young age because it's been monumental in my own healing. And I like to think that at the root of what I do, like even if I use all these fancy words like peak performance meditation teacher and self-love savage and functional mobility yoga instructor and all the things, that at the root of what I do is support people in being in better relationship with their ego, with the thoughts that are going on in their minds. Because I think a lot of people come to meditation and, and like I did as feeling like I have to clear my mind or there, there should be nothing going on or I should get to like this level of enlightenment like within a year or something. And that's just not how it works. But being able to be in relationship with my mind and being able to be in relationship with my emotions and the different things that are going in my physical body even allows me to show up better. And so that's really what I support my clients in doing. And self-love is a huge part of that because it's accepting yourself as you are. It's accepting the emotions that come up. So I think that um, that kind of sums up like almost everything I do. And um, yeah. That would make, it makes a lot of sense when you put it in that light. Cause I don't think a lot of people would directly correlate like meditation with self-love. But when you think of self-love as the practice of bettering your relationship with yourself and meditation is a means of improving your relationship with your ego and your thoughts mm-hmm. and your mind, then of course it makes perfect sense that you would teach both and they're both mm-hmm. in perfect harmony. Cause I think there's this notion going around um, in the spiritual field that we should obliterate our egos and our ego has no value and all it does is get in the way (laughs) and it just holds us back from being super spiritual and evolved and I personally don't think that it's healthy to make any part of you an enemy because then you just start an internal war and you don't have um, understanding you can't build bridges you don't have um, that state of inner peace that we're all looking for so it's kind of like the opposite of enlightenment Mm -hmm. in my mind what are your thoughts on the whole ego is the enemy uh notion that's going around yeah I completely agree with you I mean my ego has served me in a lot of ways 
Um, and I was just talking about this with, with a friend a few days ago. It's like my ego has kept me safe in certain situations. And my ego, it's like I was talking to one of my girlfriends about how like being a bitch has served me in certain ways because it's gotten me to ask what I deserve for financially with, uh, you know, pay rates and things like that. Or it's kept me safe from, you know, something that happened to me out in the world. And I got to say, no, that's not okay. Um, so I feel like the ego ha does serve us. And not only in those ways of like, you know, being a bitch when I need to be a bitch, but also to teach me what I want to work on. Because, you know, certain situations it might call for me to be really strong in my masculine energy, but also maybe I took, you know, being a bitch a little bit too far. And what is that trying to teach me? So I think that our ego is fabulous if we can learn to be in relationship with it because it can be our biggest teacher. And there are people, you know, that I think when I think of people that are totally enlightened and I don't know what it's like to be them, but I think that they kind of live an egoless life when I think of like Eckhart Tolle and Byron Katie, but I'm just not there yet. I'm not <laughs> at that level. And so I think that it's okay. So at my level, I'm in relationship with my ego and it serves me to actually use it as a teacher and as a guide. Yeah, that's really beautiful. And I think it's important to note that like your ego, yeah, it might keep you stuck and it might keep you small sometimes, but why is it trying to do that? Because it's trying to protect you, because yeah. it loves you, because it doesn't mm. want you to blow your mind when you're not ready to have your mind blown. <laughs> like the True. ego doesn't have bad intentions. Sometimes it's just not great in the delivery of how it's trying to help you. <laughs> it's interesting so. having you here and talking about, because I've heard I, I, I guess I look at it a little differently as a hypnotherapist. I just, I think of it as like subconscious versus conscious. And I mm -hmm. think from what I understand, the ego is like somewhat the translation of the subconscious, the automatic, like the subconscious, the deep, deep down part of you. And it's this, I say the same thing. Like you wouldn't, the only drive and motivation for your subconscious is to keep you alive. Now, yes, that also sometimes means stuck. That means frustrated. That means not fulfilled. That means all, the, but you're alive. That's the deal. <laughs> you're safe in terms of what, what you decided to teach it that safe meant. Now, consciously, sometimes it doesn't make any sense. And sometimes we can't kind of bridge the gap between what our conscious mind wants versus mm -hmm. what we've taught our subconscious or the ego that we need to keep us alive. And so I, I like that. Am I understanding the ego correctly when you talk about it that way? Because that's kind of how I translate it. And I've never actually talked about it before, like how it could be sim similar. I, I, I do. I do talk about it like that. I do think that like these, you know, a lot of the, the ego conversations we have are coming from the subconscious. And yeah. that's why I love things like hypnotherapy or meditation um, is more in my field, but I've done a lot of hypnotherapy too. And it's because we can get to those deeper levels yes. and see how we can, okay, how can I shift this little, this, this thought and how will that affect me in my conscious choices because a lot of those ego things aren't we're not choosing them consciously it's like so deep that we don't even know that it's there uh so i think that in things like hypnotherapy and meditation you can really explore why am i having these these tendencies or these patterns continuously show up and what do i want to do to shift them to to feel better or act in a way that i'm more proud of amen yeah, how can we work with the ego in a way that's more beneficial for all the parts of you instead of sometimes like yeah. self-sabotage when the ego's like, don't do that, it's scary. And you're like, but I actually want to do that thing. And then it's holding you back, you know? We've all been there. Yes. Basically, well, there's nothing in your body, mind, emotions that is there by accident. And there's mm. nothing in there that is not from love. Me and Kelsey say that all the time. Like everything in there is just trying to take care of you in its own weird way that it thinks it's taking care of you. Sometimes you dysfunctionally, but it always uh, yeah. has a good intention. <laughs> and, and you get to decide, and that's a beautiful thing. You get to decide, do I want to be taken care of this way or do I want to choose differently? And that's the first step, I think. So. You tie in that. very well with what we preach every week, which is <laughs> why she's here, which is why we already match, like always. Yes. Cool. So I want to touch on something you said earlier, Haley, which was about, um, like you thought in the beginning of your meditation practice that you had to like clear your mind and sit really still and blah, blah, blah. Can we just go into all those like 
myths and bust them right now because I know there's so many people listening who are like, I've tried meditating. I can't clear my mind. I don't know how to sit still. I have anxiety. I can't do this right. So I'm a perfectionist. I feel like I can't do it at all if I can't do it right. Like, can you just give some relief to the people out there struggling with these ideas, (laughs) these unattainable goals? Yeah. I think you actually kind of mentioned it um, when you talked about that resistance to our ego or resistance to our thoughts is that we, I don't know where, I mean, I guess maybe it's like images that we see of people meditating. We see like images of people like monks meditating and it looks like really peaceful. Um, And I, I have this like meme that is these three images of monks and one's laughing, one's crying and one's really peaceful because it is a journey. So I think that we, we believe that from maybe it's like media, we think that we should be having a, a quiet mind, but the reality is that we have an average of 60 to 80,000 thoughts in a day. And I'm definitely at like 90 or hundred thoughts, <laughs> average thoughts in a day. And so it's not realistic to think that we're going to be able to create that space. And maybe I, I'm, I'm just trying to think in my mind, like, where is that coming from? All I can think of is maybe, you know, images that we've seen of, of, of monks and maybe it's even, you know, CEOs that it's so popular now to, to meditate and everyone's talking about meditation, but maybe not talking enough about the struggle that goes along with it. Um, but when we, when we recognize, honestly, when I first started really getting to the practice, I had a teacher that it's normal to kind of be scared when you start meditating and be like, Whoa, what did I just open up. Like my mind is wild. There's so much going on in there. And that when I give myself the space, it gets even louder. Um, And when she told me that she felt that way, and then that's normal, I was like, oh, okay. This is like, wow, this takes a year of me just being frustrated that I can't stick with this 21 day, you know, Oprah and Deepak meditation. Like, why can't I stick with their free meditation practices? And for some reason, when she told me that it gave me permission to, to be okay with the way my practice was. And that's where the, the, the practice of acceptance and, and, and self-love of, okay, this is how my mind is. I'm really happy. No one else can hear what's going on in my mind, (laughs) but we're all thinking that we all have that, you know, stuff that's going on but we may, we might not talk about what's really going on because it is a vulnerable thing to do. I think it is. And I love that you said what your teacher told you really alleviated some of your concerns with it. When I was studying hypnotherapy and we were talking about meditating, just like having like a daily practice or whatever, I was Mm -hmm. like, Oh, but 15 minutes of just sitting there, like, I can't do that. And my te for me, the, the experience was my professor was like, look, if you can't do 15 minutes, do 60 seconds, do exactly. three minutes, and then you can move into five minutes. And then you, and that when you can do anything for 60 seconds, you yeah. can do anything <laughs> for 60 seconds. You can't and even so- stop breathing for 60 <laughs> seconds. You might be okay still. <laughs> right. And so when I knew that, like, okay, so I have a lot more freedom to kind of, if I don't feel like doing 15 minutes, guess what? I don't have to do 15 minutes. And it just alleviated so much pressure yeah. that I think it made me welcome it way easier than I normally would. Because if I knew that I had to sit for 15, 20 minutes a day doing nothing and just trying to force my thoughts away, which is what, you know, they teach you essentially in the beginning, it's like torture. I can't do that. No. Yeah. It's completely unattainable. And that's like, that's exactly what I preach to with my clients is starting for a minute. And then you are like, oh, this is actually kind of easy. And then you move up to just a little bit at a time. Um, and, And I also talk about making your practice yours. So not, maybe it's not even sitting somewhere. Maybe it's like cooking and you're just bringing that awareness as you stir the pot, or maybe that's brushing your teeth and you're just being aware of what it feels like to brush your teeth. Like maybe that's where you start because I think that even sometimes sitting, even for 60 seconds can be like, what? I'm not, I don't know. But can you bring some type of mindful awareness to whatever that might be that you already regularly do and then keep growing that? If you are someone who is on the self-love journey and you want to feel more empowered, to feel more confident, to feel more kind to yourself, to integrate the parts of you that you've disowned or pushed away or deemed 
bad, quote unquote. Um, I'm hosting a radical self-love retreat coming up in Mexico on the beach, Puerto Vallarta is where we're going, um, 2021. And I am enrolling women right now. The women who are already signed up are fabulous and amazing. This is going to be a life-changing retreat for whoever comes. And I can already tell that there's definitely going to be a big aspect of connection and soul tribe that's created. So if you're wanting to connect with like-minded people in paradise, learn how to up-level in the self-love arena, and you want to have six days of fun in Mexico with me, doing some healing work, doing some energy work, doing some yoga, playing in the ocean, parasailing, um, riding ATVs through the mountains, laying out by the pool, tarot card readings, like all of it then check it out at kelseyaida.com forward slash retreat. And I hope to see you there. Yeah. I liked when we were kind of touching on how everyone has different like vulnerabilities when it comes to like meditating and how our, all of our practices are different. And I thought it would be fun and ultimately help a lot of listeners if we kind of go around the table here and share some of our like struggles or vulnerabilities with meditation and I can start since it's my idea but (laughs) (laughs) I love that idea (laughs) because we just like to get real and raw on the show so people are like yeah these bitches are real (laughs) just like telling us what to do and they're not fucking doing it like we're doing it trust me (laughs) so for me I have like um it's, it's kind of like this weird comparison that I do because my boyfriend's like really great at meditating and he goes places when he meditates. Like he will astral travel. He'll be like, when we were meditating, I was like standing behind us, like watching us meditate. And he has like all these out of body experiences. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like I was just sitting here being bored the whole time, like noticing that my neck was hurting and then noticing that I was tired of sitting like upright, really straight and like noticing all these different things. And I've had like really magical meditation experiences too, but most of the time it's just kind of boring, honestly. And I feel like for me saying this is going to liberate a lot of people because I think people expect it to be this big mystical experience all the time. And then when it's not, you just think, oh, I must be doing it wrong. You know? Totally. Yes, totally. I remember I was doing this, um, like I would take this weekly journey class where like a shaman would walk us through this meditation and I would always just laugh because at the end of the class like people would have experiences like your boyfriend like they'd be seeing eagles fly and their ancestors I was like I was not seeing any of that you know and and think you can have thoughts of like well I want to see eagles fly and I want to see my ancestors and then it was like wait that's not my experience and and allowing myself to have my own experience and I you know noticing the little sensations of you know my body just feeling my body on the ground or feeling like my my shirt on my skin and and bringing myself into sensations that I could experience and letting myself have my experience and knowing that we're all just so different I love that helped me (laughs) Nice. I have one. Yeah. So (laughs) my biggest pet peeve with meditation, well, I have two. Number one, I get so uncomfortable. Like I have to lay down, which I know is not a good thing because you want the clean energy flow and you want to be able to like not go so deep because you want to support yourself. But I'm just so uncomfortable. Like I spend my whole day uncomfortable. I don't want to meditate and still be more uncomfortable. So that's number one. Number two, um, when I notice myself like going into meditation. And it's very, it's so similar to hypnosis that like, I know what, I know what my body does when it feels like that. If somebody's not going through it with me, like a, like a hypnotherapy facilitator or something like I get super anxious. If I know I'm right on the cusp of going in, I just like, and I like shoot myself out. I Mm. I think it's just like a resistance to receive Mm. whatever it is. Like my body's just like, Nope, wake up, get out of there. And I, and I don't like that. And I know it's just like, you got to practice, you got to practice. But I have this thing with like a, it's not a fear. I just have a distaste for loss of control. And Mm. so I feel like that's probably part of it too. Where like, if I recognize that I'm starting to, and I know it's not a lack of control, like I know these things, but my body (laughs) takes over and it's like, no. So those two things, I think for me, the anxiety thing, I get like super anxious when I do it. Um, Maybe my guides are talking to me and I just don't know how to translate it. And it just comes off as like, 
anxiety. I don't know. I don't know what that's, it's- To me, that's like super cool. I, when I first started meditating, I would study with this um, monk who actually left the Plum Village in France, came here now studying to be an acupuncturist, but I would fall asleep when I first mm. really got into the practice, I would fall asleep all the time. I mean, I was meditating in my bed. So that was the first thing that he was right. like, okay, maybe don't do that. But then <laughs> the second thing he was like, yeah, sometimes um, you're, you're just not ready to receive the information on the other side. And so your body just shuts down. So it kind of sounds similar to what you're experiencing and you already know that that's probably what it is. So to me, that's really exciting because it's like, Oh, cool. Like what's on the other side of that? Like what, what are you going to find out? I think I'm ready. I just, my body's just like, no, don't do it. I don't know. And my theory is like, well, one, you're a control freak. So that's a little bit. Control enthusiast. Okay. And I'm allowed to say that because I'm also a control freak. So we're not judging anyone here. Right. So it's like when I notice people that I work with having trouble staying awake when they're meditating. I think that it's just the practice of like, you're really just, your nervous system isn't able to be that relaxed for that long in a conscious. Yes. Like Mm -hmm. you cannot be consciously aware and that relaxed for that long a stretch because you've just never done it before. Right. It's Mm -hmm. like running a race. Like you run a little bit more every, every time. So every time you meditate, you can stay in that relaxed conscious state a little bit longer. But also, yeah, laying in the bed, that's a, that's a rest for sleep, <laughs> especially at the end of the day if you're like really tired or if you just woke up and you're trying to meditate in your bed, I always just fall back asleep. Yeah. yeah. When, my, when my teacher t- told me that though, I stopped falling asleep. It was yeah. just like something switched in my subconscious of like, oh, I'm running away from something or I'm, I'm not, re- like, there's something I think maybe even like a competitiveness of like, oh, I don't, I don't want to, I'm ready for that. Like I can totally handle what's there. And then I just stop falling asleep. But I also do subscribe to the idea that you can lay down when you meditate. My thing is just making sure your spine is long. So if you're laying down and you can stay awake, you're good because your energy, you know, it's still, it's free and open. And and my, that's what I subscribe to. I also did have a teacher that said um, she was a yoga nidra teacher and she would say to leave your hands like propped up. If you're laying all the way down and you're a little bit tired, she would say to leave your hand like propped up like this. So if you did start to fall asleep, you kind of go like that, which is, Ah. that's, it's not ideal, you know, it's not necessarily (laughs) comfortable, but that's like a little, a little tip or trick. Okay guys, Haley said I could lay down. So (laughs) with your hands up, so you look like a dead (laughs) or like a Barbie that fell down. (laughs) (laughs) A Barbie that got thrown up is amazing. Um, I like that. I like those tips. Those are really common. And I, and you know, I've never actually talked it out the anxiety thing before. I've never actually said those words, but I think I really do think it's a resistance to like, let myself go that, that far. Um, and maybe now that I voiced it, I'll keep you apprised of what happens. Maybe. Yeah, please. Maybe I'll have this transcendental like experience now. <laughs> I'll I, I'm hoping for that. Yeah. yeah. I'll go yeah, meet up with know. Kelsey's boyfriend and we'll watch her meditate together. You guys will be like in the astral having fun without me. I'll just be sitting in my body like so yeah. bored. <laughs> That's hilarious. So I, what I want to dive into next also, thank you everyone for sharing. That was great. Um, <laughs> I want to kind of dive into some of our personal like weird tips and tricks and practices that maybe aren't super mainstream just to help really the listener who's like, I've tried it all. What the fuck? Like it's got to work somehow. So the things that work for us, um, I would love to share. Um, Do you want to start first this time, Haley? Yeah, I have one thing that, or maybe I have a few things that that help me. Um, but the first thing that came to my mind that really helped me in the beginning was setting an alarm in my phone. So I would have like, you know, five minute morning meditation practice. And in that morning meditation practice, I just kind of check in with my body and do like a quick body scan. And all that is, is just literally just checking in with your body, just noticing what's happening in different areas of your body. And then I would let like a word come to mind. So it would be an intention for my day. And for a while I would kind of work with the same word that would just tend to pop up. But what helped me is then setting an alarm like 
five times throughout my day and it was a silent alarm and the and it wouldn't say alarm it would just say the word so maybe it's breathe or maybe it's love or forgiveness whatever word comes up for you and that helped me because every time like i would be on my phone i would look and the word would be there so it was like this opportunity for me to come back into whatever um, I created in the morning, whatever like mindfulness feeling I was able to tap into, or maybe just even like a little bit of quiet. It allowed me to kind of bring that throughout my day. And I didn't have to effort it. I didn't have to remember it on my, on my own. My phone did the work, you know, all of us are kind of on our phones. It's just the way things are now. And so that was something that really supported me and also just recognizing like how powerful my breath is and that another layer of that is that you could, yes, see your word and maybe you close your eyes and take a few deep breaths and try to breathe into that word. I think that even just noticing your breath, like just noticing it, that's a meditation for one second. If you could just feel your breath, where it is, how it's moving, what's the quality, that is so beautiful and feels so good. So I think that those are kind of my the breath and then the alarms are my two favorite things. Yeah, I really love the timer trick because I feel like it creates a safe container for you to be like, okay, for the next 10 minutes, five minutes, 20 minutes, I'm going to give myself permission to just explore and open up to something or nothing. <laughs> it could just be yeah. just laying there and breathing, <laughs> or it could be something exciting, or it could be something relaxing. Or a lot of times when I meditate, I'll get like messages from my spirit team of like, don't worry so much about this, or this is all going to work out, or whatever. Mm. Um, so yeah, the timer helps so much. Do you ever use the app Insight Timer? I don't. I, I, I well, love I remember, that I use like some, I've tried out the apps, you know, mm -hmm. but I just, in the beginning, I think when I first started practicing meditation, the apps really helped me because yeah. I didn't really know what I was doing or like how long to do it. And still sometimes, you know, probably like maybe once every other week, I'll still go to like YouTube and just type in like meditation just to give some, you know, give myself a little extra support. Um, but I haven't actually I don't think I've tried Insight Timer. I've tried Headspace. I've tried Calm. Okay, so Insight Timer is cooler, in my opinion, <laughs> because it's not just guided meditations, which there are a bunch. It's okay. literally like an alarm, but you can set like a gong as the end bell or like a nice sound instead of like, rant, 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 like a normal alarm. Yeah. So you can make it more like tranquil and meditative. And I then like it that. logs like your stats. So you can be like, I meditated for 30 days in a row and this many minutes this month. And then it's like these many people meditated on the planet at the same time as you. And so it's just like cool. It has like a little community aspect to it. So that's I love what I that. always recommend to people and it's free. I think there is a premium version but um, they're not sponsoring the show or anything. I just really like that app. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely try that out. I like anything with community. I think that that actually, if I could add one more thing, I mean, I probably could add a lot, but the community yeah, all you want. piece, I love that because when you have accountability with anything, it just makes things easier. So I will go on YouTube and do something like that, but I always, at least once a week, like to practice. Now I've practiced virtually, but practice with, you know, some, some teacher and it kind of whoever I can find um, that has a class in the, in the day that I need it most. But when you have that community of people that are even if you don't know anyone on, on the call, but just knowing that there's other people trying to do the same thing that you're doing, you can feel the energy and it just feels good to have that connection, especially now. Yeah. And it's cool because in the guided meditations on this app, insight timer, you can see like ratings from other people. So they'll be like, my experience when I did this meditation was this happened or blah, blah, blah. So that's kind of cool too. Cause there's some dialogue yeah. created. Um, but yeah, if you want to try a meditation app, I would say start with that one. I've tried all the other ones and they're all like the same except that one. Yeah. Um, for me, what works really well is I've realized that I don't really like to be told what to do in the morning. So I mm. always save guided meditations for the nighttime when I'm more brain dead and it's harder for me to focus. <laughs> but in the morning, I'm like really clear. So that's when I would do like my breathing or my own mm. mantras or my own visualization or whatever I want to dive into. Um, 
And I definitely make sure to not do it in bed anymore. Like I said before, (laughs) I, I can sleep so much. Like I will literally wake up, be hungry, go eat cereal. And I'm like, well, I could probably sleep for three more hours now that I'm not hungry anymore. (laughs) So like doing a guided one at nighttime, that really helps me. Mm. Um, and then something really weird that I found is, so when I was doing my 200 hour, um, yoga teacher training, one of my teachers was talking about how, like, when you inhale, it activates your, um, nervous system kind of like it gets it more ready. Right. Mm -hmm. But when you exhale, it like decompresses the nervous system, of course. So something that I do in my meditation is sometimes I'll just hold it really long after I exhale. And I find that it's so easy to be like, cricket, 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 like in my mind, like Mm. the thoughts slow down when there's like no breath. So Mm. when my body is like in complete stillness, I can feel that sensation also Mm. in my mind. And it's so cool because Mm. not that we're reaching for the absence of thoughts, like we said, because the mind is designed to think all the time. That's not wrong. (laughs) That's how it's designed. But it's like when you can breathe in really big and then just breathe out. And then I just like stay there with nothing inside of me. It's like, there's no air in my system and like no thoughts in my mind. And then I kind of like ride that out for as long as I can then take a deep breath in because I'm not breathing. And then I do it again. And it's really, really cool. So if you want to go into a more relaxed state, you would hold the out breath longer. And if you want to get more activated and energized, then you hold the inhale longer. Yes. Yeah, I, I like I like doing really long breath holds, especially my breath work practice, um, because it just yeah, it's like you sometimes. That's where if I do transport to somewhere is when I'm doing the longer breath holds and just feeling the space. It's pretty magnificent, I would say. Yeah. Speaking of personal development and living your best life, BetterHelp is here to help you by connecting you online with therapists and counselors that are licensed and professional and really awesome. I used BetterHelp before when I was healing from a breakup and my therapist was so insightful, really kind, really loving, held great space for me. And I got to meet up with her every week via a video chat that was secure on BetterHelp. And I was able to chat with her and she could send me links to different books that I should check out. And it was really great. I loved it. BetterHelp is also really cool because they are one of the only places where you can access so many different types of therapists from all over the world. So let's say in your area, if there's not someone who specializes in what you need or want, chances are there is one of those on BetterHelp who they can pair you with after a short quiz once they know what your goals are and what you're looking for. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. So visit betterhelp.com V-I-B-I-N. That's better H-E-L-P dot com slash vibin and join over the one million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Now, if you guys want this special offer, which is 10% off your first month, use the code betterhelp.com slash V-I-B-I-N. Lindsay, do you have any like weird or kind of less popular meditation tips or tricks that work for you or anything that's like unique to you that you like to do? One thing I do want to talk about I think it's meditation kind of, do you guys talk about visualization or anything like, do you incorporate any of that? One of the biggest things I like to just tell people right out of the gate is like, you don't have to see pictures in order to visualize. So I want to make sure everybody that's listening, like, if you think you can't visualize, what sense can you use? You know, Mm -hmm. if everybody just like imagines or pictures some kind of like I always say lemon because it's the easy, it's the most dramatic mm. of the citrus fruits. <laughs> She's all over the place. Um, if you just imagine a lemon, you can either see it. Sometimes if you can't see it, you could smell it. If you can't smell it, maybe you can taste it. If you can't taste it, maybe you can feel the peel or hear it being sliced. So if you can incorporate any of the senses in your experience, you're good. It doesn't have to be pictures, but the more senses you can incorporate, I would say, um, the more enriched and immersive the experience could be. Um, that's really the main thing that I always try to do, no matter what it is. And of course, this I, the, the best one of them all is emotion. If you have any sort of ties or connections emotionally to the experience, um, it's going to mean so much more than if you just kind of float by and look at everything <laughs> and just kind of observe. 
Um, but yeah, I would say when I, whenever I try to do visualization or meditation or any kind of self-hypnosis, I always make sure I try to incorporate as many senses as possible. And mm -hmm. most importantly, tie in a couple of emotions that I want to feel so that it drives it home even quicker. Um, is that completely off topic? Did I answer it? No. Oh no, that's good. <laughs> that's good. You know me, Kels. Sometimes I do that. It happens. <laughs> I'll it just talk. Not off topic this time. It was <laughs> right on topic. Thanks, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I um, love it. Can I ask a really fun question? I don't know if it's gonna be fun, but Haley, I want to know where's the like, what's the coolest meditation experience you've had? Like what, what sticks out to you as like, I really like that one or that one was really terrifying and I never want to do that again. <laughs> Whoa. Way to scare everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Let's scare everyone. So no, my, well, I would say like my, mo the thing that I have most access to that like I love and that is just wild is a breathwork practice um, because I can really go places. My body tingles, like everything gets tight and crazy and like openings and like just, it's just wild. And I can do that at home on my own, mm -hmm. but probably like my most crazy experience I've ever had meditating was when I did, um, like the longest silent retreat I've ever done was, it was, they say it's 10 days, but I'm, it's, it's like two weeks because you get there a day early. You say like two days after I'm like, this is two weeks. Okay. But that experience was so crazy to me because I just never had, I mean, I never had had that much time with myself and no distractions. You know, we, you, you can't talk, you're there with other people, but you're not even really supposed to be looking at the other people. You're supposed to kind of be pretending like they're not there because you're supposed to be having your own experience. That sounds awesome. That sounds it, like my thing. And I felt after that two weeks, like I remember thinking I was enlightened. Like when I came back on the, the last day, I was like, I am, for <laughs> I am forever changed. I did it. I did it. I am here. I have arrived. <laughs> and like, then I went to dinner with my family that night and it was, and I, it was such a test because, mm -hmm. and I, I wish I did show up differently that night with my family, but I remember it took everything in me to not show up like I had before, but there at the, at the retreat, like I would, at the end of it, once I kind of got through a lot of what was going on, I mean, there was one point where I was hearing my own mind screaming bloody murder. Like the voice in my head was screaming. And oh it was God. like, I was so triggered by the person next to me. Cause I could hear their mouth, like making noise. Like that's, it was just so crazy, but it was so amazing to like release that anger in that way. And just like sit with it because I don't think in my real life, I, I, I don't have that. I don't create that amount of space, you know, we're meditating like nine hours a day, something crazy. And then at the end too, I was just getting like these clear messages from, you know, the universe source, whatever you call it. But I was just getting these like, Oh, this is what I need to do. Or this is, and they weren't leaving me either. Cause you're not allowed to journal. You're not allowed to write anything down. So they would, they were so clear and they would stick with, they stuck with me once I left the, the retreat. So that was like by far the best thing that I've ever done. I cannot wait to go back. I'm like dying to go back. Because and this it was is a just, silent, silent yeah, retreat? It was a silent retreat. So it's wow. like a Vipassana is the um, specific uh, technique or style mm -hmm. that was used. Wow. It was amazing best thing ever. Wow. And wow. I don't even know what to say. That's intense. What made you just <laughs> do something like that? Like, I feel like you have to be, if, if we're going to use the running metaphor, you have to be like Olympic in meditation in order to like want to do something like that. Is that true? Cause that's how I would feel I'd have to be. You know, there was so many different types of people, people that had like never meditated before were there. <sighs> Because, you know, at the last day, at the last day, we could all talk to each other, um, which felt just so weird and, <laughs> right? and eventually good. But at first it felt like you were kind of on drugs at first. Cause yeah. Ah. But um, there were people that hadn't ever meditated before. For me, I'd always, I'd done like day long or weekend long retreats, which was nice. But all of my teachers were like, you really need to do something deeper. Um, and so that's like, the teachers that I've worked with, you know, that's part of their every year. They go to yeah. a silent retreat. It's just part 
or maintenance almost of, of, of a teacher or the teachers at least I work with. And so I was, I had just been dying to go on one for like a, a longer, deeper one for so long. Um, and it was, yeah, it was amazing. It was interesting too, because some of the women after we, like we all got to talk, were talking about ayahuasca and how they compare, they compared that the silent retreat experience to an ayahuasca experience. And I was just like, Whoa, I didn't. You it's know, interesting. I, Cause when you start talking about it, I'm like, okay, where was the ayahuasca? <laughs> that's what it's, <laughs> I've never done it, but from what I hear, that's, it's very similar to something like yeah. that. So, Hey, there you go. Without any substances. Yeah. <laughs> just silence. <laughs> that's what silence can do. <laughs> I love it. The power wow. of silence. You want to hear the weirdest thing that happened to me when I was meditating? Yes. yes. Okay. So I wouldn't call it like a formal meditation. It was more like a relaxed moment of being really present with like what I was doing in my environment. And I was sitting on the back of my friend's porch, visiting them out of town. And I was just by myself and the sun was setting and I was looking at the hills and just having a moment. And then it was like one of my first really strong mediumship experiences where my friend's dad came to me and was like basically knocking on the door like, hey, I'm gonna need you to deliver some messages for me. And I was like, okay. And I knew all these things that he wanted me to tell them. So I went inside, I was like, girlfriend, I'm connecting with your dad. Like he wants you to know this, that, and this, like very specific things. And they were all, they've all come true now, like in hindsight, however many months later. And yeah, it was like my meditation was hijacked by a dead person. Wow. <laughs> crazy. That is it was crazy. crazy. Were it you freaked crazy. out or were you no. like, okay, this is me? It was not the first time that I okay. had done that, but it was the first time where I felt like the spirit came to me and was like, you have to do this for me so I can like have resolve. And I was like, okay, geez. Um, because the times I had done it before, I was like consciously like, okay, grandpa, like, where are you at? Like, let's connect. Like I was the one reaching out to connect. But this time he was reaching out to me just when I was in a really open, receptive state. So that was very wow. interesting. That is cool. Yeah, it was nuts. <laughs> It gets weirder, but I think I've told the story already on the Patreon before, so I won't go into it again. But I mean, I had one that was like more hypnosis, but I'm, I mean, I think we're talking about basically the same thing here. It's very similar. I was doing this exercise during my past life regression certification, and it was like a weekend long in and out of hypnosis, practicing on people, getting, you know, doing psychometry. We did all kinds of psychic stuff. It was really fun. Um, but when we went in, it was supposed to be a journey to meet with our council of elders. And as this was like day two. It was like the second half of the weekend. And I was like going in. Okay. She was guiding us through it. And all of a sudden, right before we got to like our council, I felt this like curtain or fabric, like sweep across my forehead. And I'm like, I opened my eyes and like, nobody was there. Obviously we're all spread out. Nobody's going to get up in the middle of a meditation. So I'm like, okay, that was weird. So I go back in and it reminded me immediately. Like I immediately had the download when that happened flashback to my father when I was a kid and my dad has always like owned his psychic abilities. I think he's just a very deep empath. Like he does not like to be around people. He picks up on everyone's energies and he, he does not leave the house basically because it's so strong for him. Um, and so I, back in the day, he, he would translate it as like being psychic. And so I was like, Oh, that would be cool. I want to be psychic. And I must've been like 12 and he goes, no, you don't do not because when you open that door, you can never close it. And so I remembered that. And so in that moment, I had a flashback of like, he said that, and now this is happening. It's almost like opening the third, opening my third eye. Like, it's okay. Like that was the message I got. And I, I shit you not. <laughs> I issue not. Okay. Ever since then I could, I can see sparks like energy sparks. So like if, it's always out of the corner of my eye and it's usually always on my left side. I'll like, I'll dart up there and nothing's there. And there's three different like types of things that I see. There's like sparkler sparks and those are just like energy. And then I'll see like big blue ones. And those are like, I translate those as like people. I've never asked, <laughs> but that's how I feel. And then one time I was in class during my hypnotherapy thing again, it was a long time of my life. And our professor was teaching about 
habit control or something like that. And so he's doing, he's on the whiteboard. He's like teaching us. And I see clear as day, this little, probably like an inch square of like, almost as if someone was holding an inch of a mirror, like doing this with it, like flicking it on the whiteboard. And it was just doing this. And I was like, what kind of energy is that? Like, what is that? That is this huge square, shiny thing. And that weekend he passed away. He drowned in a river on Kern river in California, because that's where we were. Um, and I was like, was, were they like, was that a spirit like waiting for him? Like, what was that? And so I pray that I never see that one, but the other two, I really do see all the time. And it all comes back to, um, that, that journey where I so distinctly felt someone either fingertips Mm. lightly or like a curtain or something like here, it's okay. And I'm just like, it was weird. It's crazy. But I still see, I still see that stuff. It's not quite as often anymore. I think there's too much fluoride in my water, but (laughs) (laughs) I need to figure that out. But, um, but yeah, that's probably the weirdest thing. I mean, that's probably the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me. Definitely in meditation. I've had some crazy stuff happen, but that's one thing I can look back on and be like, no, that was a distinct point in my receptive state where something happened to me. That is so amazing. Yeah. That's so cool. I love stories like that. Me too. Have you guys ever heard music? <laughs> mm, I've like, made songs Not like a dream. song that's in your head and not like a song that you're making in your head, like uh-uh. a sound that you're hearing like in your ear, but it's not in the world. I always just hear ringing in my ears, you know, like I've heard that ringing. Ding. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've always- heard ringing too, but this is different. One time I was oh. going on a walk, minding my own business again, and- <laughs> Uh, it was just really nice out. I think there's a theme here to when it's like nice out and I'm outside and, you're in and nature. I'm receiving these things. Yeah. Yeah. And I heard this music in my mind and it wasn't in my mind. It was like in my ear, but it wasn't coming from anywhere outside of me. And it was, it didn't even have like a beat or like a medley. It was more like sounds, but it sounded like sounds of like heaven, like not really like, trumpets, but almost like if it was like trumpets and bells and like fairy noises and like all this stuff happening at once. And I was just like, what is going on? <laughs> I just took it as a sign that I was like really fucking aligned that day. I was like, oh, yes, that's the message if any, but you know, I'm a huge believer and I don't know a lot about it, but I truly do believe that there are places on earth where there's like a dimensional rift Maybe right. you are getting close to some kind of like portal. Oh my God, I just mm-hmm. got chills. I'm freaking myself out. <laughs> I always get chills when I'm right about stuff psychically. So you're probably right. <laughs> I love these conversations so much. I get a little scared, but like in a good way. Like, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like nervous laugh. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> but if anybody listening knows or like has studied like these weird dimensional portals or like knows what I'm trying to talk about, please let me know because I don't want to sound like a dummy. But no, um, you're not a dummy. I have a story to tell about this, but I'm gonna save it for the Patreon content. Yes. Also, I had one of my friends who I like know in real life who listened to the show. She was like, What's Patreon? I was like, We are not explaining it well then. So I want to take a second <laughs> to explain what it is. But our Patreon is basically where you can go if you love the show and you want to support us financially you donate a couple dollars every month and then in return we give you extended episodes you can watch them in video format so you can like actually see us instead of just listening and we give a bunch of freebies and goodies and shout outs and all that stuff on there so yeah. that's what the patreon is in case you're wondering you just go to patreon.com slash high vibe um but yeah remind me when we get onto the patreon to tell you stories about that and <laughs> i want to leave our listeners with I want to leave a message and then Haley and Lindsay, if you guys have something to add to this, please do. But anyone who's struggling with meditation or you feel like you're not good enough at it, or you feel like it's lame when you do it, or you're not doing it right. My biggest wish for you is to release the judgment and just replace it with curiosity. Mm -hmm. Let's just, what if there was no wrong way to do it? You know, what if you didn't have to do it as good as your boyfriend who like crap? through the astros every time what if you could just sit there and see what's gonna happen and maybe it's boring and if it is you don't judge that maybe it's cool and if it is you don't judge that and every day it's gonna be different and like that's okay too yeah that is key yeah that's like something i love i'm obsessed with is this idea of curiosity Mm -hmm. i was I think I used to call it like investigation, Mm -hmm. but we, I host a podcast with my dad and 
we had a podcast guest that said that to us. And ever since then, I'm just like, how easy, like that just makes life easier. Yes. Being curious in your meditation practice. And but if you could just be curious about everything, yeah. like when someone, you know, says something instead of just assuming, like letting your ego run the show, like, okay, they don't like me or this or that. Like, what if you could just get curious about what this person is trying to say? What if you could just get curious about that person that wanted to cut you off when you're driving? What if you could just get curious about like, what the heck is 2020? I mean, curiosity to me, if you could bring that into every area of your life, it would just transform. Mm -hmm. I love that. I just want to say if whatever you're looking for with, with meditation, <laughs> whatever you're looking for with meditation, there's a way to get it. You just have to find the right way that works for you. So mm -hmm. don't just try one way. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm so glad we had you on, if for nothing else, just to teach me that what I was doing was fine. I just, <laughs> and it's okay to do that. Cause it's hard when you're trying something, feeling like it's just going to be wrong and it's a waste of time. Totally. So if you knew going into it, that it's a learn, there's a learning curve and that there is the perfect way for you to meditate that works perfectly for you to get everything you want to get out of it. You just have to figure out what that is. And that's where curiosity comes in too. So mm -hmm. don't give up. Yeah, and it's called a meditation practice <laughs> yes. for a reason, which they always used to say in my yoga class, like, it's a yoga practice for a reason. Like, you're never going to be yeah. perfect at it. And I was like, whoa, you're so right. We're literally just doing this to, like, pass the time. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> pass the time. Feel better. <laughs> Man, what else are we going to do here on Earth? There's a lot of different ways to pass the time. At the end of the day, it just comes down to how do you prefer to spend your time here? Totally. I prefer to spend my time asking Haley where people can find out more about her. <laughs> and, and if they just can't get enough, what can they do from here if they need to find you? So you can find me at HaleyLott.com, H-A-I-L-E-Y-L-O-T-T.com. I have free meditation there and we're giving away a free meditation today, um, which is called the Clear Vision Meditation. It's a really simple practice really to connect back into your vision. I find that when i feel really unmotivated or I'm just feeling like tired or just out of it, being able to connect back into my vision really excites me and pushes me forward and gets me kind of going and fired up about whatever that might be. So you can check that. I'll, I'm going to send that to you guys, but it's also on my website as well. And you can um, listen to a podcast that I host with my dad called Mind Games, which is there on my website. And really everything you would like to know about me is on my website. So you can check it out. Love it. And we're going to link <laughs> to the free um, meditation too, so that you guys can get a hold of that in the show notes. And we'll link to Haley's website and everything. Haley, thank you so much for being here. Everyone who's listening, thanks for listening. We are blessing your meditation practice today. Just <laughs> consider us your little fairy godmothers of meditation. <laughs> Hopefully your meditation will become a less judgmental practice and one that cultivates more self-love, compassion, and understanding. We love you guys. Have a great day. And if you want more, just hop over to the Patreon and we're going to keep going in our conversation over there. Bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you love this episode. If you love High Vibe in it, become a part of our Patreon family. You can support the show, see the extended version of this episode, get bonus content, and access exclusive discounts. Head over to patreon.com slash high vibe to join. We have tons of perks waiting there for you, and we're always hanging out in there, so we hope to see you inside. Please feel free to share the show and help us spread the high vibes far and wide. And of course, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And if you feel inspired to leave a review, we always appreciate it. See you next week.